Well, howdy. Howdy, everyone. Welcome to the Gundam Explained show. Uh, it is March 9th, 2023. Good time to talk about Gundam like we do every Thursday. Steven, what's up? How you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm uh, just hanging out, man. It's good. Good. I, I love that you read off the date because it, it feels like a proof of life. You know, like we didn't record this last week and we're just putting it out. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because part like, you know, I changed from just calling this the podcast to the show, even though there is a podcast version that goes up. But it was for me listening to other podcasts while I work where, yeah, the date kind of helps because sometimes I'll just see a cool title, click on it. The date gives me context for the knowledge that the person might have when they're talking about something. So. That's a very good point. I never considered yeah. that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's because of how like broad these topics are. Um, because there's so many cool things we could talk about, and we're about to. But um, real quick, just uh, looking at chat. Ian Hansen, our mod. Good to see you. I win. Yeah, he's the first to post in the chat. Neo X is second. I'm not going to count everyone, but you know, he just said second. So uh, good to see you, Ultronimus. Good to see. Oh, he's third. Okay, you guys are really carrying this on. And then Enthusiast, uh, Zombie Painter, Shirt Lad, a Primus vs. Unicorn, Ken's Rage 2 OST. No, Ken's Rage 1, actually. Uh, but good uh, call on that. Dan Vince, good to see you. Travis Wadlow, Rogue New Type. Goose is in the house. Um, yeah, so we'll get started. Uh, you know, if you guys hadn't checked it out yet, Steven and I did uh, his live stream yesterday. Uh, it was another cool gaming topic about narratives in games. Like, it went from how the narratives sometimes guide the mechanics of the game, or sometimes the other way around. It was pretty neat. Um, some yeah. games that the chat came up with, I thought was pretty cool. Um, but links to all that stuff down in the description. I mean, really, if you just want to get another Gundam Explained show, you might as well be watching the Midnight Hatter live stream good. on Wednesday. It's a good way of looking at it. <laughs> yeah. It's like a you know, week long of Gundam Explained. Uh, you know, yeah. between Monday with you, Tuesday on the uh, supporter stream with me, oh, yeah. Wednesday, and then today. So, no, that was pretty cool because on your supporter stream, you whipped up, uh, and I, I don't think you finished it, but you whipped up a diorama that was with the Zeta, the Hamrabi, Hamrabi. Am I saying yeah, it right? So, this is our uh, Zeta oh, yeah, Gundam Hamrabi. I really okay. just wanted to test out to see if uh, my neon glow paints would work on. Um, cotton <laughs> and that's with is that it activated right now no this is with it off so this would oh. be just natural lighting um I think oh I that actually looks pretty good for just yeah standing there without it activated yeah oh that's cool but yeah, yeah. you can see the the professional yeah. shot that's on instagram <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty cool i need to do something like that because even on another stream of yours we were you had the the uh, 3D model. It was the Hayuku, Hayaku Shiki riding on top of the Wave Rider, and your goal was to try to make a diorama out of that as well with the smoke yeah. base or whatever exhaust. Yeah, that's the goal. I want to start doing that kind of stuff. Um, so let me know if you guys have any suggestions. Ultronimus brought up the idea of doing something Psycho Gundam related, so I think that's going to be the next the uh, next experiment. Yeah, I, so I saw that little one you had, and we were talking, I think, yesterday. And um, I think an idea, yeah, would be like the Hong Kong city scene or something like that. Oh, definitely. I found Is some awesome little 3D, uh, 3D printable buildings. Oh, I think we can cool. 
we can smash to bits. It'll be fun. Yeah, that's neat, because I, I really want to create a diorama out of some of my stuff. I mean, I have some of the stuff set up, you know, like, in canon, but to really flesh out a scene. I mean, I did that with my oh, Star yeah. Wars action figures, but I haven't done that with Gundam much yet. Oh, except for the, not that this is customizing as much, but the white base hanger from Robot Spirits. Like, I got yeah. that, added the little LEDs. You know, that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. sweet. Yeah. No, but... For today, we're going to talk about, um, uh, okay, mecha live-action movies in general. There's not too many. I think we might cover all filmography of uh, <laughs> live-action so. mecha movies. Um, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about um, Seed, because I've got further along into Seed. And I'm actually surprised how much I started enjoying it more. Unless that's yeah, like exposure therapy or something. Like okay, it. that's exactly what I was gonna say. It's either that or um, actually that. Yeah, I, I mean it's like one of those psychological things where I just over time I'm like, okay, I like you. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> just keep eating the broccoli. I swear you'll think it's good later. <laughs> no, um, but no, uh, yeah. To start off, and um, dang, I'm getting that uh, that annoying flicker. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. But that annoying flicker. I, I swear, I'm not trying to give people seizures here, but like the, at least on, for, on my side, the Twitter uh, or the screen share is flickering. But anyway, I'll move off of this shortly. I, I, so I asked on Twitter, what is your favorite live action mecha movie? So 146 people saw this tweet in only three responses because there's just not many mecha movies. <laughs> Live action movies. I think that's what I it is. I have to say that's one of my favorite features of new Twitter is like knowing how many impressions a tweet gets and then you see the engagements and it's like, oh, ow. Yeah. <laughs> you mean to and, tell me that like a thousand people saw my tweet and I got two likes? And, you know, normally if I ask a question, especially like if it's super relevant, like which for Mercury, I'll get a lot of interaction. Yeah. Um, or the seed versus wing. But when you ask a live action mecha movie, I think that more implies like there's just not much live action mecha movies. And even yeah, the ones that were made were never really like amazing. Are confused about like, do, does, does X movie count as a mecha movie? Like, would you count, mm. would you count some of the old Godzilla movies as mecha movies or Ultraman? Something ah, like that? that's, that's a good point actually. Um, well, then let's look at this. Like, you posted Robot Jocks easily, and I, I'll, I'll concur. So Goose got me and Ian and a few others to watch it, and then we did our G-Watch. So for supporters, you have access to the exclusive Gundam Explained podcasts, and the last one we covered Robot Jocks. So actually, before I uh, have a seizure, I'm going to do this real quick. Um, and so Robot Jocks, I thought was way better than I expected in any way. Like, I, you know, and part of it, and we talk about this on, on that, that podcast, but, like, part of it is, I don't know, like, uh, part of me is accustomed to special effects from the 80s, and when they're able to be done well, it's like you could tell they're practical effects, but you like how it looks. Robot Jocks yeah. seems to take the best of practical effects at that time and be able to really show a, a mecha battle. And I think they did well. 
And have you seen like some of the behind the scenes like footage and photography from that? Because yeah. I think I don't remember if it was Gun Jap on Twitter that posted it or if I saw it on like one of those like retro 80s uh, Instagram accounts that I follow. But those those models, the, like the model kits that they used of the robot jocks. I mean, they, they were like the size of a toddler. Like, yeah. And, and they were kind of holding them up with like fishing line. And oh, man. Yeah, so I, cool. I think I saw that recently, too. And that. I used that in our discussion, and Goose brought up that's one size of different variations they had depending on the scene. So, I, you know, I agree with you with Robot Jocks. I haven't seen many live-action mecha movies, because I don't think there's many, but Robot Jocks was very surprising, and then there's sequels to it. So, the and I started one of them the other night. I didn't finish it, but I got to say, like, I think what they nailed down is tone like they're able to they're, they're able to have decent enough acting within the tone of the material and i think that works sometimes i feel like um movies like the tone is off and so then that makes it harder to take the special effects seriously or even the premise um yeah, but i you think you can tell when an actor is like really going for it uh, versus yeah. like they're phoning in the performance because they know it's kind of like a B movie. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And, that's... and you know, credit where it's due. It's like that's where Sam Raimi has always like been great as a director because he can get he can get any actor to like buy in and say like, hey, come on, like I know that this is a silly comic book movie or something, but I need you to go in all in. You know what? That's a good point because Sam Raimi also tends to use extras more than you would typically see in a movie because he, he gives extras lines all the time, like groups of oh, people. Yeah. A Spider-Man, Army of Darkness, when Ash is going into the pit. Yeah, and then the Spider-Man, anytime there's stuff with Peter Parker, like he does a good job of, yeah, getting performances out of extras. Uh, and sometimes these extras are friends of his that he, like, I, I know in Spider-Man 2, there's a guy that, I think it's Spider-Man 2, yeah, on the train, it's the guy from Evil Dead 2 uh, that he had play a passenger. Um, and it's cool that he does that. And I think that's what makes a good... That's the thing. A mecha movie almost has to be a B-movie. So it's... Yeah. It, and it depends. Like, I think getting Guillermo del Toro uh, to make Pacific Rim was probably a good idea. But it's weird. I don't think Pacific Rim became as popular as I think it could have been. Like, it is, though, within the circle of yeah. people that like mecha. But outside of that, people don't really talk about it yeah well i think that um you know one of the things that uh, robot jocks does really well that pacific rim kind of slouches on is you have a variety of mecha in robot jocks and you get to see them in several different fights you get to see lots of lots of different pilots lots of different action scenes um in Pacific Rim, you get introduced to this awesome lore, and it's like, oh man, you have the like mm. the Soviet machine, and then you've got like the Chinese machine, and like so you have like all of this cool mecha, and then all of them go down in one fight, and you're like, well, you know, why'd you even show me the cool three armed mech if you're just gonna trash yeah. it? You know, it's like I, I really, it's a it's a kind of a lazy. Um, filmmaking trope i would say where it's like you show someone you, you show the audience something like really badass and then you cut it off at the knees just to make the bad guy seem more more bad like more deadly and it's like you don't have to do that you could 
let the cool thing be cool. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because it's almost like what happened with Boba Fett in a way. Yeah. Like, it, 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 they were making the, the good guy seem cooler by taking out Boba Fett real quick, but they were introducing him as this badass character. And, you know, he didn't really do too and much then. then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, so I'm going to look at um, the chat real quick. Um, Let's see, Tony Reyes, Robot Jocks. I was always renting that from Blockbuster. That's cool. Um, Travis Wadlow, what's the one with Hugh Jackman and they're ripping off Rock'em Sock'em Robots and Autronomous? It is real steel. Yeah, Autronomous got real steel down, which I haven't seen that one either. That's a, that's a good one I just thought of that I remember hearing about, never saw it. I'd have to check that I out. I always mix up real steel and that other one, Chappie. Oh, or is that the same, yeah. Is that the same movie? Chappie. No, those are different. Hugh Jackman plays a bad guy, doesn't he? In one of those movies made by that dude that has a robot, Hugh Jackman is a bad guy in it. And I think it is Chappie. Yeah. Um, if, that, if that's the one. Because it's like he's, I guess, the designer of it or something, the weapons guy or whatever, and then he becomes bad near the end. It, it might be Chappie. I forget. I mean, Chap probably knows. Barry BB is saying Crash and Burn. That's one I came up, I, I found, and I think it's a, yeah. a, another name for the sequel, but people didn't know it was a sequel to Robot Jocks yeah. or something like that. Um, because that was what they always said to each other. It's like, oh, Crash and Burn, and then they'd, like, bump fists. And yeah. Stuff. <laughs> um, Matt Wheaton, my favorite live-action mecha movies, you say, well, that's pretty uh, easy sauce. Gunhead, Robot Jocks, Robot Wars, Pacific Rim, and Robocop, I think. Yeah, I, don't I like know. his description later of Gunhead, where it's basically Terminator on Ultimate Warrior steroid stash. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Gunhead, I have never seen, but I, you know, preparing for this show, I was watching clips and pictures, and I've always wanted to see it, and I've actually got it now. So that might be a movie night. Watch soon. party. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's got to happen soon. Robocop. So I guess with the E. Ed 1029? Ed 109? Ed 102? I forget the name of that mech, but I guess that would be the reference, which I guess that becomes a pivotal part of the story, so I think that would count. Um, let's see. Um, Iron Man, no, but th that, that's a funny one. Yeah. Chappie is from the guy who made District 9. Yeah, so that, that guy, I keep forgetting his name. He was going to make a new alien. He was going to make Blomkamp. Halo. Never. Yeah, Neil Blomkamp. Thank you. Um, yeah. Godzilla um, has Mecha Godzilla, so that counts as a giant robot. Oh, yeah. True. I would, I would say that's a, a Mecha film. Even though you yeah. could say that's a monster film, but you can say because of the Mecha, it can also be. And you know what? Like, I like the 2014 Godzilla. The, the other ones after that, you could tell they didn't put as much of like, let's make sure this resonates ground, in a grounding way to the audience like 2014's did. Yeah. Um, but once you got to the Mecha Godzilla part, I thought that was a badass design. Like, I keep eyeing that SH Monster Arts action figure of it, but it's like super. I expensive. think it's hilarious that for all of the th uh, for, for all of the examples people are mentioning, not a single person has mentioned a Bay Bayverse Transformers. It's like, uh, -uh. Oh. Mm -hmm. we well, don't we don't mess with Bayverse. <laughs> interesting. Um, is a Transformer a Mecha? 
Good question. Is Mecca something someone pilots? <laughs> sure, lad. I'm with you. Short circuits should count. Oh, <laughs> oh don't bring that guy up. I'm Please never... don't delete. Um... After, when I was watching as a kid, that was too sad. I, yeah. I, I cannot watch that. But yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, though. Like, are we, are we only counting pilot and Mecca, or are we counting just robots? Because obviously robots would open up, you know, yeah. Wally would be a Mecca movie at that point. iRobot, but, stuff um, like that. So I would I guess, say... Huh? Transformers, people can be inside of a Transformer. I was going to say. I was going to say. Um, but you know what I would, I would say? You know, I could be wrong, because you guys taught me about Super Robot. Because I was saying, is Gundam Super Robot? No. And then you guys kind of dished me, you know, on what that means. I would also say Mecha is a piloted robot. And if you're not piloting it, then, and, it, and it's, or if it's sentient, I don't think that counts. But I could be wrong. Maybe it could be sentient and you could pilot it. If there's a piloting component, it's Mecha. Yeah, because um, I was going to say, I mean, like, if you go into Gundam examples, like Gundam Sentinel, the the Alice AI can control the Sentinel Gundam. Does that make it not a, a Gundam? Like, not a, does it not need its pilot? That's a good point. I think if the core point of it was to be piloted, that makes it a mecha. Real yeah. quick, um, thank you, Tony Rios, with the 999 Super Chat. I'd love to see a live-action Robotech movie. What are y'all's favorite UC mobile suit design? Well, to start with the mobile suit design, I'll just say I think variations on the Mark II, especially the things you see in Advance of Zeta. I know a lot of people hear me say that. But recently, because of uh, playing through Missing Link, I have fallen in love with that Pale Rider line. So it's like Pale Rider stuff, Advance of Zeta stuff. Um, what about you, Steven? Stuff. I'm going to say yeah. Zeta Gundam, but yeah, that might be... I Fruit. It's always it's always going to be a Zeta for for if we're if we're talking about like Federation Gundam designs, it's got to be the Zeta Gundam. But um, but yeah, I mean, I'm a I'm a Zeon guy. I love the Ifrit Noct is like my oh, favorite yeah. uh Zeon design. Um, it's just so cool and like dark and mysterious. It, it's like Scary. if the crow had a mobile suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I think that's one of those where if it like comes out of nowhere, it's like kind of yeah. scary in a way. Um, yeah, Tony, let us know what your favorite UC mobile suit design is. But also, Tony brought up the thing about the live-action Robotech. And I got to say, after, awesome. yeah, and so here's the other thing I need to learn, and maybe you can teach me right now. I'm about to be done with the first season of Macross. And then I know there's Robotech. But, like, are they similar enough where the names are just interchangeable, or is it different enough? So I, I never watched enough of Macross to, to really have an appreciation for it. I did watch Robotech as a kid. Um, as I understand it, as, as the internet has told me, um, you know, Macross was first and, you know, Harmony Gold, the American company yeah. decided to take, you know, some, some of the animation clips from Macross and some animation clips from two other animes and them. kind of frankenstein them together into a terrible story which is why you know you get some of the strange inconsistencies um so but but yeah i mean most of my robotech lore knowledge comes from the ps2 game uh battle cry which is a phenomenal video game if you've not uh given it given it a try 
You know what? I think I did play that. I, I want to say I got it on Xbox or something. Like, I think they made it a big deal when it came out and it was like cross-platform. Because it was one of those, like, it was in that first generation of cel-shaded games. Yeah, that's right. It was cel-shaded. I just remember the giant bad guys throwing me off. I'm like, <laughs> but it's like, funny because in the show, when Ikaru, whatever his name is, first sees a giant, He's like, what? Like, I loved his reaction. It made sense to me. He's just, like, freaked out of what he saw. Like, yeah. I, I liked how they went that angle, because it's like I freaked out, too. <laughs> um, but um, I think that lends well to a movie because of the design. I love how, I love how their mecha designs are, like, based in, like, aircraft today. Fighter aircraft and modern fighter aircraft that just have different modes to be. Yeah. Well, and it's like even the story behind how they adapted the alien technology into yeah just it's like it, it makes sense like if uh you know what it reminds me of is um the sequel to independence day as terrible as that oh. sequel is but i love the yeah. way that their fighter planes like they basically took f-22 raptors and then slapped alien thrusters on them so that like you know they could fly in space good that you called out that movie because it wasn't good but it like had the right ideas and i and i think I that's like when i look at the original macross like if they make a movie of it they could take the right ideas but kind of kind of scrap like the things that just didn't work for me like the guy going out into space holding his breath to go uh hunting for fish that was weird um <laughs> a little weird and some of like the giants shrinking themselves to then go hang out with the humans like, I like the concept that the aliens are so fascinated and they're like kind of have a calling to the human culture because of the, the singing men and women together, the idea of love. I thought that was a neat way to go about it. But if they take those ideas, they'd probably have to change it for a live action to make it a little more grounded. But the ideas are there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it has all it has all the components of being a successful, you know, um, you know, take Top Gun Maverick and then just like yeah. add giants into it. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And you know what? I don't know if what your thought of the that new Top Gun movie. I actually didn't see it until recently. I felt like it was a very um, poetic movie. It seemed like as it moved very quick through character interactions to build motivations, but their lines of dialogue were always very short um very poetic and then they'd move on to the next thing and i thought that was an interesting way to make a movie um it, it felt like a series of vignettes yeah, uh, yeah compared to like a you know first act second act like a just a straight story and sometimes i think that that's really powerful you know yeah. i think that there's a lot of tv shows that cap that that capture that sort of um uh that that sort of formula for creating stories um I would love to see something. Well, I guess technically you do see that in like Gundam Evolve, right? Like oh, that's yeah. A Gundam version of like, you know, it's episodic, but they're all kind of just like little vignettes, little peaks behind the curtain, so to speak. Um, you know, it's not like a full fleshed story. And I think that that's the kind of stuff that that makes for awesome, like, you know, video game content or, you know, whatever the case may be. I think that that would be a, a fun Gundam series to see, just like a series of little short slice of life type things. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I do feel like storytelling can use that more. It's almost like storytelling is it kind of goes into a direction collectively. 
as people do things and they want to copy them. But I, I do like the setup, the idea of a movie, not necessarily a show because you can really dive into things in a show, but a movie where, yeah, it's a series of very powerful vignettes where it's setting up the character interaction, even if it seems pretty quick to like forgive, be mad. At least it's like a, a quick pace because, yeah, the yeah. Top Gun movie went by pretty quick when I was watching it. And I love, and again, those shots of the aircraft are the perfect ways to go about creating the special effects for Mecha flying around. Make yeah. it where the camera, even if it's in a 3D program where they have a camera looking at the, the Mecha, make the camera's restrictions limited to movements of a real camera. And I think that's going to help portray the realism. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, I think... Uh... It's no secret that uh, that you know I have uh, my my first child here, and we we don't allow her to watch uh, Coco Coco Melon. Is that is that it? Coco. I've Melon? heard of that. Uh, specifically because that that three D animated show, the cameras in it like they're they're moving cameras in a three D space, but they're doing this kind of thing where it's like the subject is here, and then the camera just kind of does this weird orbital pan, and it's it's nauseous like i i feel sick watching it Dang. And, and you know maybe that's something that like it, i'm just showing that i'm an old type and i just can't uh i can't hang with these new types but like yeah. you know like you said i think that capturing realistic camera motion instead of instead of leveraging the full range of motion that you can do with a digital camera a digital camera i guess like a, a but i know what you mean you can call yeah. that a proxy camera like because it's it's a it's a camera in in false space. So yeah, yeah. I, there must be a name for that. Because I think that is. I, I remember around the time of the eighteen movie when they had the the scene of the tank coming out of the plane. Yeah. I think it was the tank, and then they had like the camera. That was the first time I really experienced. Okay, this camera's fake. Like yeah. that makes it look like a cartoon instead of something real happening exactly um, and so it's like you know you look at the films that really broke um special effects boundaries things like the matrix where it's like you know instead of doing a virtual camera that orbits around they took you know like a hundred cameras and and put them around their subject yeah. and then like blended the the footage together and there's something to be said i think that the you can definitely tell the difference between something that's done on a virtual camera and something that's been done, you know, yeah, there's a lot of post-processing that goes on, but, but there's something organic there. Yeah, and you know what? That also reminds me of other elements of, you know, digital filmmaking that I would want to be avoided in a live-action Gundam or even mecha movies in general. One Cheers. is using the volume. So, like, you know, Andor just recently passed, great show, didn't use the volume, and then... Uh, the new Mandalorian season, uh, the first two episodes are out, and it is super dark. Like, it, it, you could tell they have to have the lighting just right because the, there's light coming from behind the, uh, the actors and what's being shot. And it reminds me of when I would be taking pictures of my Gunpla and my robot spirits, and I have my monitor here with the monitor is the light source. So I have to, like, figure out how can I light the figure without it dimming the background, and I think... They just haven't perfected it yet, and so right. I, I don't know. Have you watched the new Mandalorian yet? I haven't seen any of the new Mandalorian, but okay. Because um, if but you yeah, do I mean, watch been it, using that that volume, the volumetric like soundstage, um, 
Yeah, the, yeah, the second episode. Some like Marvel movies too. Yeah, even Marvel movies. Yeah, and it's so dark that I, it's like it looks when people complain about Alien vs. Predator two being too dark. It's mm-hmm. like nah, this Mandalorian. I can't see anything. Um, yeah. You know, speaking of filmmaking, I like Alien vs. Predator 2 because of all the practical effects that they used. Even if it broke up to all these character talking things, I remember I was watching it with my son, and anytime like there would be character interactions, we would just fast forward into the next <laughs> Predator fight scene because it was just like, eh. And plus, it's funny, I would rather my son see the Alien and Predator fight than like some of the teenagers talk about things that are a little inappropriate for him, so... <laughs> oh, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, it was like that with, because um, he's into Five Nights at Freddy's, so they have like, I forget what it's called. It's a show with the animatronic, it's a movie with the animatronic killer things. So a lot of times yeah. I'll like fast forward through the inappropriate stuff so he can see the animatronics. Uh, am I a bad oh, father? Man. Um, okay, so very cool. Thanks, everyone. There's so much in the chat I wish I could read. Like the conversation in there is awesome. Um, but what I've made sure to do for now on is like whenever I do my live streams, I make it where the chat is still visible. So if people are watching this later and they want to see what's going on in chat, sometimes I'll go through it to get ideas, get some discussion. But yeah, so a couple things. Um, one random thing, I, Amazon actually had a decent price for the Ariel Gumpla. Oh, that, shoot. So I ordered it to come next day. Like most of it, like most of the places you can buy it right now, I'd have to pay shipping and it would come out to the same price. And it's like, I have the robot spirits version. So it's like, do I need the Gunpla? But one, I like to build and see if I can use my techniques to make it look cool. But it also has real type markings. And I love that stuff. So I'll probably put a video together of that um, later. And, you know, speaking to see that. Good, good. Um, Yeah, because I'm going to compare the two. But you know, speaking of videos, I did that uh, tier list because um, it was uh, Tony said that his favorite uh, is the new Gundam and the goof, which are cool. But the new Gundam, I rated it on the tier as a B. And you know what? A B is good. Yeah. You know, I think that the pe- people get a little too hot when it's when it's not an S, right? Yeah. <laughs> like anything less than an S is a loss. I'm like, I, I think a B is good. I think C's and below are bad, but, um, you know, yeah. B is it, a slightly agree. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I could make everything S. You know, I think it's obvious for the new Gundam to be S. So what I do is I break down elements of why it wouldn't be an S. But then, you know, again, in that video, if, any, if you ha- guys haven't watched it yet, like near the end, I'm like, I don't even agree with any of this anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> it changes all the time, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it depends on what day of the week it is. Like, uh, you know. Yeah, it depends on the day of the week. <laughs> sometimes, like, you know, the the asymmetry of mobile suits will throw me off. But then sometimes I love asymmetry. Like, like for instance, uh, the ground Gundam. Oh. I remember when the the first time I watched Eighth MS Team, I couldn't stand the ground Gundam because I thought that the asymmetry kind of on the looked chest. weird on the chest. Yeah, but but, uh, but you know, then then I turn around and I'm like building Xeon suits that have a one spiked shoulder and one yeah. uh, shield shoulder. So it's like there's a time and a place for everything. I think. And, yeah, no, that's a good point, and and that's another thing. So when I do these tier lists, like I I kind of explained in it, it's going to be. A little bit of the power of the suit, context of the suit, 
in the UC or any, because I'll do more than UC, but then also my personal thoughts. Yeah. And I'm, so I, my plan is to have one tier video out a month. So if anyone has suggestions of what I need to be tiering, just let me know. But I've already got a list of 20 different videos I'm going to be making. Well, that was, um, you know, that I'm glad that you are, you know, using different um, criteria criteria to yeah. base your your judgments on for these tier lists because like for instance shirt lad and i did a tier list ranking of all of the units in gundam versus zeta gundam over on his channel so oh. if you see shirt lad archive in the chat go check out shirt lads uh videos um yeah, yeah post the link all uh, of the, the mobile suits in um gundam versus zeta gundam and it was like well, are we rating them on like how well they play in the game or like how much we like them as mobile suits? Like, yeah. So I think we ended up uh, kind of meeting halfway and saying, like, well, how good are they in the game? Because some of them have different loadouts and stuff like that. Like the Hyzak custom, um, you know, I would say that the Hyzak custom had better, uh, better weapons than, than the, the flat Hyzak. So, ah. Yeah, that's a good point, because I even put the, the Hobby Hyzak as an S. And I think it's, <laughs> its unique sort of place is what really made me want to give it an S. Same with the Rigazi. Um, I gave the Rigazi S because I think that's a Zeta mass-produced suit. Amuro is using to fight Char in the Sazabi, and he's kicking his ass. So it's like, <laughs> there's so much there that makes that an S, in my opinion. Yeah, um, the Rigazi is awesome. But anyway, yeah, so tons more. I, again, I'm going to be doing one a month. I've already got 20 different uh, topics for tier. If anyone's got something, send it my way because I might find one more interesting. Bump it up. So, Okay, um, next. Okay, I want to talk about Seed because a lot of times I talk crap about Seed. I've talked crap about how the characters look, the story, like... But once I got to episode 27 or 28, this sounds like I'm talking about Double Zeta, but it, like, picks up, and, it, and it's funny, because Ian and I were even talking how he's watching Double Zeta right now, and he's like, yeah, the beginning, uh, and, and then it gets better. It's like, wow, it's the same thing with Seed. But it's a little different, because, like, with Double Zeta, there's the legacy of MSG, no, that's metal, yeah, MSG, Double 079, and then Zeta, and then I into you were talking about mon monosodium glutamate. <laughs> I thought I was about to say Metal Gear Solid since you guys got me onto playing the fifth one, but um, I, I think like Double Zeta has this history where the beginning of it I am cool with because I like to see Camille. I like to see what Bride's doing, even if they're in goofy situations. But with Seed, it's like I didn't really have any uh, what currency in any of these characters. So at the beginning, I'm like, well, what's really going on here? Now, what's interesting about, you know what, in this almost lens, what we were just talking about with the vignettes, like Seed has those, but they're like super long vignettes <laughs> where they, they like make these characters have an interaction. And it's like, I, no one would really care because what are the stakes? We don't know these people. Right. I don't know why he's upset. Why does this make him upset? But what it's doing is it's building the character interaction. So once in Siege, you get to the point where it's like all points lead to the middle and the characters have to like make rash decisions. It's happening now. And it, what's even crazier is the beginning of Seed had so much bad animation. And I hate to say it because what it really is is low budget filler. Like let's, we need to talk about the stuff. We won't spend as much money on it. 
And then when it comes to like the badass battles with the newer upgraded mobile suits, well done. Even weird close-up shots of the main characters where they're not drawn so like no nose and huge eyes. It's almost like, like eyes yeah. this far apart. And like. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's almost like they kind of toned it down later on. Although I am watching the HD remaster. I don't know how much of that changed, but I will say like the, because it's like by the time you get to that, you know, the 30th episode, I have a general understanding of the different factions, the different characters motivations. So then when I see them playing out, I'm like, Ooh, what's going to happen next? It's, it's like, yeah, I really feel like they, it, it, it's, it's why, like, Would you when, say that they had to spend those first 25 episodes planting the seeds? <laughs> very good. Very good. That was I'll good. I'll see myself <laughs> out. Thanks. <laughs> well, it's funny because, like, these later episodes, too, keep talking about seeds. Like, even the yeah. last one I just watched, one of the fathers of a character that dies is, like, we're planting the seed. And then, like, when Kira's fighting, he, like, imagines a seed. And... Oh my I, gosh, I don't know. they I, said the thing. <laughs> yeah, they said the thing. Um, um, so, I'm actually pretty happy like that it's now becoming enjoyable, but again, do you think it's that exposure uh, that you were talking about where maybe part of it is probably? I have to then like the end result. Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, anything, any show that you watch i think you'll end up um becoming attached to the characters in one way or another maybe it's because you hate them um you know my wife has me watching things like uh, love is blind and stuff and it's like i i look at some of these people and i'm like oh these guys are horrible people but then you know by episode eight or nine i'm like i can't believe she's marrying this idiot like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, that's um, literally what's happening in seed yeah, like yeah. so, and and that that's how I feel with like uh, with seed and, and double Zeta for that matter. You know, it's like yeah, and so it gives you an appreciation for the earlier, you know, kind of trash parts of the of the series, knowing that there is a payoff. Um, when you're kind of in the midst of it, it's hard to see that that there will be a payoff later on. Um, especially like you said, when you don't have any prior attachment to these characters, I think that, um you know when you when you look at something like double zeta gundam and you're like hey well you know a lot of these characters i'm familiar with i know their story you're you're okay seeing some of the like little vignettes and stuff but then when you're just thrown into it and you don't know who these people are you have no idea why you're supposed to care yeah it's a little harder to get attached to it so that's what's interesting so let's think about this real quick um the latest gundam series that came out so far, I think it's like the first half was 12 episodes, right? Like, which Mercury, yeah. and then there's going to be another 12. Do we know if there's going to be any more? Or so far, we only know there's going to be about 24 episodes. As far as I know. Okay. Uh, because what's, 24. what's interesting about that is, like, how many episodes are in these older shows? Yes. And, and like, you know, what's going on there? Are they just wanting to have constant exposure for people? But then with Witch for Mercury, why are they having it smaller? And even other recent Gundam shows have been smaller too, right? I don't know. What, like IBO, how many episodes is in IBO? Um, I want to say all of IBO was less than 40 episodes, like between season one and season two. Ah, okay. So um, and I wonder what's going on. Like, are we seeing where in this medium they're deciding to, maybe one, it's cheaper to produce less but then are they maybe working with 
are they consciously working with a higher caliber of riders in order to get through very important plot elements early on? You know, I, it's I don't a good know. Thought. I mean, I don't. I don't know necessarily the reasoning behind it. Um, I feel like by like, doing that, by compressing right. the storytelling into a shorter period of time, you end up missing out on some of the more rewarding interactions that you might get. Like, you know, if you go back to the 0079 series, you know, would Amuro's relationship with Lieutenant Matilda, what would that be as, um, as prominent? Would you see the impact on that on him as much if it were, you know, compressed down to like, yeah, you get an 11 minute sequence. That's actually a very good point because in the movie, it almost seems jarring how he is when she dies, you know, the carrier. Um, exactly. Whereas in the show, even though he's still, you know, a little freaked out by it more than I thought, it's they build up to it. Yeah. So, yeah, that example is a really good example of that. Yeah. And, and um, you see that in uh, Gundam Unicorn. Like, um, you know, there's so many characters that are basically just pathos for, for Benajer, like, like Gilboa. You know, it's yeah. like... Hey, my name's Gilboa. I have a family. My kids live right. on Earth, and now I'm gonna go die. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's a good point too. Um, yeah. So you know, at the end of the day, like I, I do. While I still have my problems with Seed, I will say that as a Gundam fan, it does get into the Gundamness, makes me excited. I will say one of my favorite parts was because Kira as a character had been boring the whole time, but like. It's interesting when he's mad at Atherin and they have their first fight. It was the first time I think they animated Kira being so aggressively mad where it made him interesting. And because his facial expressions were him being aggressively mad, he didn't have that look that you normally see uh, with the characters. And that got me into it. And then not only that, but later on, you know how sides change. Atherin like comes out of nowhere to help Kira. Even there's a time where Kira like comes out of nowhere to help the team. Like all those mecha battle stuff they do really well um you know i saw goose saying something that the hd remaster is bad they just zoomed in to change them to widescreen and that makes so much sense there are these random scenes sometime where it looks like the line art cropped it, well yeah it, yeah it, it, not only is it cropped but even the line art looks like okay it looks like they zoomed in but why would they and it's because yeah they cropped See, I don't know. I I never watched the HD remaster, so I I had no idea that that was. Um... And I wonder if anyone knows if there's like different type, different because some shows have different dubs. Does Seed have a different dub? I'm curious because I actually do enjoy the dub going on right now. But um, and you know what? There's a character that is cool. It, there's and again, I'm sorry if I don't get the names right. There's a guy in Seed that's a commander. And he's like in a, a, I think he, at first he's in a ship, but then later he gets the uh, strike. And then there's the captain of the main ship, the Archangel. And they're very cool characters on their own. And then unless I miss something, just randomly in a recent episode, they embraced each other. And it was almost like th seeing those two characters and not even thinking of it, them coming together, I thought was a very impactful moment. Well, that was well done because they weren't leading you on about it, as far as I knew. And, you know, there's him wanting to come back to help. And you think, oh, that's the type of guy he is to come back to help. But when he was talking to her about it, he said it was because of her. Very well done in the midst. Of, and they're the characters that are actually drawn a little better, too. 
But in the yeah, midst of things, yeah, being weird, C does have those gems. Mula Flaga. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I knew that was, yeah. And yeah, people seem to like them, so that's... Oh, and the lady captain is Murue Ramius. Okay, thank you, guys. Um, yeah. And Mula Flaga has probably one of the better arcs of all of the characters in Seed and Seed Destiny. So. Oh, okay, yeah, because so far I'm, I've been enjoying his character uh, throughout. Um, yeah, I, I think everything about Seed is great except for Kira. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and because he's the main character and you have to follow him, that's what I think makes it kind of like stale for a little bit. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm glad to come around on that. Um, okay. Next up, I think this would be a very interesting discussion. I hope I, again, don't get people um, any seizures, because it is still flashing a little bit. But for GBO2, they just announced the GM Kai ground type. So there was a lot to unpack here, where I was like, okay, GM Kai ground type. I mean, it has the Corvette booster, and it's a GM yeah. Kai. And so I was doing some research, and one, it says TB because it's Thunderbolt. You know, that's one thing to keep in mind. Yeah. But two, when I was... Okay, so I pulled up the RGM79C GM Type-C. It's also known as the Kai. So... Right. I, I, I d this is something I didn't know, and I don't know if they maybe call any one-year war GM that has more to it just a Kai. You know what I mean? I, because, it feels that way sometimes. And because um, this is like Thunderbolt. So some people say, you know, Thunderbolt is not canon, but from even everything I've read online, the intention is Thunderbolt animation is part of the animated universe. Just little things might be different. And the, the, sure. the artist said he was able, or the writer or the artist, I forget which one, said that he was told he could do that. But then I, I was also reading in Japan, and I might have said this in one of my videos. Hold on, let me. Oh my god, I'm gonna have a seizure. In Japan, they don't treat canon like the West does. Things can be loose, and that's part of the fun. That's why we have all those AUs. And that's um. So first, I think that Kai and Chad. I'm sure will correct me, but I'm pretty sure that uh, like the kanji for Kai uh, just means custom. So anything, you know, Zaku Kai, GM Kai. I think it's just a custom unit. Okay. I think. At least that's what I've been told by, by my uh, my lore advisors. Um, but like you said, with regard to lore uh, in Japan, I think that that's why you have the, the Legend of Zelda franchise the way that it is. Like, yeah. you know, they don't, they have like a loose timeline of events, like how all of the different Legends of Zelda relate to each other. But, you know, they also have like weird splintered timelines where it's like, yeah, yeah the in hero this version, timeline dies. So yeah, <laughs> you, you know what? That is interesting because yeah, the more even Final Fantasies, like yeah, the more you look at popular IP in Japan, you more, more you see that they don't adhere to like canon. It has to be this, but there's a loose like yeah, this they're connected. Yeah, this happened here, but that doesn't really affect the overall. And I like that approach. I really do because only D, only. <laughs> Siths deal in absolutes. I think that's what I was trying to say. And, and so, like, if you think about it, kind of being a little more open and loose with storytelling is, is pretty fun, actually. Um, yeah. Um, okay, Rogue New Type. I'm glad he's saying something. Yeah, the Type C yeah. is the Kai version. 
The RX-78 II Kai has the same proportions and armor design as the Type-C GM. There okay, so, so uh, Type-C is the... That's right, because isn't there that... Um, oh, no, I'm thinking of the Zaku RX-78 II uh, that's in Thunderbolt. Oh, yeah. But, no, and so it, it is kind of interesting because at first I was like, GM Kai with the Corvette booster, what is this? Oh, it was even introduced in MSX. Um, actually, let me... Even though it's flashing, sorry everybody. Um, yeah, it was first introduced in Mobile Suit X, um, and then and Thunderbolt. Is that the same booster that's like on the back of like the GM Interceptor. Yeah, it's supposed it to be the same. Similar. Yeah, because I was reading in one of the, because what I did was I did a search for Kai on the Type C wiki, and came up with, um, yeah, where they refer to it as Kai. Which is very interesting. Um, what was the other one? Um, which is kind of funny if you consider that, like, that's the GM Kai, and then there's a GM Custom that's not the Kai. But <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I know that stuff is very interesting, and I'm sure, like, it's funny because then when I come to look things up on the Gundam Wiki, not that it's always right because it can be wrong, but Kai it, on this it does say also known as Kai. And not yeah. that it's saying, like, um, actually nothing in here really says anything about um, Thunderbolt, does it? Let me see. Cause now, I find that, like, um, you know, the, the wiki is kind of sparse when it comes to information about Thunderbolt stuff, in particular yeah. from, the, uh, from the second half, like anything from, like, Bandit Flower. I think so. I think... Because it's the animation version, and I think usually it takes time before, like, especially when it comes to, like, over time, interviews happening where people collect more information or books that come out with additional information, and then they're able to kind of put it together, uh, throw it up there. Um, but, yeah, you know what? I love the look of the one on Thunderbolt because, and I think Thunderbolt does this a lot, it's because they had that Federation emblem right on the forehead. That's I feel like... Cool. Yeah, that just adds to the idea of these things being manufactured and proud weapons. Like, it's almost creepy, but it's still cool. Yeah, it's like a hood ornament, you know? Like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I like that. Um, I would actually, and I bet they have one out there to build a Thunderbolt version of the Kai, because I like the green um, that it has on it. And yeah, so, and that's another thing, like, when you see these Thunderbolt suits show up in Battle Operation 2, I think that's just another confirmation that these are treated as part of the canon um, of yeah. UC. Um, and so, yeah, I was watching some gameplay of it, and it's just, it's just neat to think having, you know, that Corvette booster flying around, and it's a raid-type unit, so it's supposed to go in for quick close-quarter combat, but it like it has a bombing run, so you can like you like swoop in, bomb, and then fly off. I think that's pretty cool. Um, that is pretty sweet. I'm glad that they're um, using this opportunity to in introduce more uh, sort of gameplay mechanics to GBO2, so that it, oh, yeah. you know, so it doesn't feel as stale. Like you know, there's only so many different variations of like I've got a beam cannon versus you know he's got a machine gun, and we're just gonna kind of third person shoot at each other. I like yeah. the idea of introducing units that can do different things, you know? Yeah. 
The Jesta, for instance, is the only one that can actually actively use its shield to block. Um, and you press, the, you know, on the PlayStation, it's that touchpad button. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it brings up the, which even characters with shields can't do that. But the idea is position yourself so the shield takes the brunt of the... But I like that idea that you can manipulate the shield, and it makes more sense because with the Jesta, I think it's built into the backpack, the shield, and I think it, like, comes yeah. out in front. So, pretty cool there. Um, yeah, I've been playing back, you know, to playing GBO2, because um, uh, I really can't wait for this PC release, to be honest. Like, I feel like just, one, it looked so good on PC, but just, I think it'll be quicker to get into matches, because... I think I even timed it yesterday. It took me 30 minutes to play one game. And it's, I want to do my dailies, but sometimes it's like I can't fit it in. Yeah, um, couldn't do it. No. I, I, would, I would put my daughter down for a nap, and then I set up my little monitor. I'm like, all right, let's play some GBO2. And then she's awake. I got yeah, <laughs> oh, man, that's, yeah, that's got to be the toughest. Um, no. But anyway, you know what I think... That's it for today's episode. Any other Gundam information that's neat that I didn't bring up? I don't think there's really been new stuff yeah, going it's, on. It's been kind of a slow week. Yeah. Um, but no, that's cool. Um, no, thanks to everyone that joined today. The chat was badass. Like, I, I love seeing all this chat here. I got to um, pick from this later for some cool lore stuff to talk about. Um, and this will be released as a podcast on... Friday morning, so um, that's that. Um, yeah, Steven's links are in the chat. I mean, honestly, if you're watching the show, you should also be watching Steven's. It's like a continuation. Part one on Wednesday, part two on Thursday. I yeah, think. it's it's because we end up talking about pretty much the same thing, both. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we'll, but different we'll, angles we have of our it. own topics, and then we tie them together somehow. Yeah, See, yeah. What we're... we need to do is we need to get someone to have a stream on Friday for us to all. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. There we, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool. You know, um, thanks, everyone, you know, for supporters. Um, we're going to be watching Gunhead. No, we're watching Gunbuster. Gunhead will be next. Yes. And I am getting like, <laughs> so many guns. that excited about watching Gunhead. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't wait. Yeah, Gunbuster, Gunhead, Gundam. What is, what is with that? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I'll... Um, Post the dates for that soon for supporters. But anyway, um, I think that's it, everyone. Uh, have a good rest of the weekend, Stephen. I will talk to you later. And yeah, hey, thanks, see you buddy.